Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Welcome back to Dying for Life. My name is Neve, and this is episode 17. I am so excited to have Sarah Richardson join me on the podcast again. On my last episode with Sarah, after my first ever cup of cacao, Sarah took me on her journey and it is still the most listened to episode on my podcast. So I thought I'd get her back. And this time round, we talk about holding and releasing the trauma of our ancestors, anger and grief. Sarah is a modern day Bangluna midwife and Banquincha, holding space for women through rites of passage of birth, death and life. Welcome to Dying for Life. Start living. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Thanks so much for joining me again. I am so excited to have you back on for my very first after my hiatus. (laughs) <laughs> very happy to be back that was one of my favorite podcasts yeah and mine and you know it's actually actually still the most listened to podcast uh, episode on my podcast wow Ooh. wow that's amazing um so today I wanted to talk about grief but before that um I wanted to get into because of what we were just discussing <laughs> beforehand. Which <and> part? <laughs> my <laughs> don't mention the eggs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, before that, um, I'm doing my cacao facilitator training with you this weekend. And I was just talking about how for the whole week I've just felt like I'm on the verge of tears. I actually do feel the pent up anger inside mm-hmm. me and I think that's why I feel like I want to release with tears and crying mm-hmm. tell me about the anger <laughs> talk Ooh. to me about the anger issues <laughs> yeah I had a feeling that we were going to be speaking about this because yeah I mean it's in all Irish wombs um, I mean it's in all Irish people I feel men and women but obviously my work is women's work. Um, there is so much suppressed rage in Irish women. Um, and it's coming to the surface because it needs to be released. It needs to be felt and it needs to be acknowledged. And my book, oh, thank God I pressed send <laughs> to it. Do you know, I yesterday. didn't even know that you were writing a book. Yeah, I know. It's fucking a long like, process. What's the story with that? Like, how could we kept that so quiet? And then I just saw it in your stories and I was like, how could we never talked about the book yeah, the last time? I don't know. I just, I presume people could telepathically know. <laughs> but this no. time I'm learning, I'm learning they don't. So yeah, that's going to be out in, um, for pre-order in November. And so then, excited. Yeah, but it's... Are you allowed to tell us what it's about yet? I'll tell you the first, the name of it. Okay. It's called Woman. Oh. <laughs> and basically it's about... It's about womanly bits, but it's actually a lot of what came true. That book was around rage mm. and and around how suppressed all feelings have been in women in Ireland. Um, I think all around the world, but I can speak from Ireland. Um, you know, one of the goddesses that I work with a lot, the one of the Celtic goddesses is Sheila Nagig. And Sheila Nagig literally is like the old... So she, like Sheila, um, Sheila Nagig translates as um, old hag. Like she's depicted as this like really grotesque woman that is pulling her vulva apart. Have you seen her? I've seen um, your statues. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're so, always in the background. <laughs> they're always there. Yeah, that's Sheila. OK, and she was basically on l- every single cathedral in Ireland, Scotland and the UK. Well, a lot of them. Um, but she's associated with birth, with death, with fertility. Um, and did they, sorry, but do they take her off? Yeah, yeah. The cathedrals? Yeah. Now, a lot, there's about a hundred still there. Like, so I've been to a lot, I've been to a lot of them in Ireland. Um, and there's a, a thing in Ireland at the moment called Project Sheila, which is basically getting them back up in mm. Ireland. So there was one put on tomb, you know, the mother and baby home, um, really to fucking reclaim this this I huge that, yeah yeah this fucking like dark feminine um 
goddess. Yeah, and I think especially in Ireland we have that because of mother and baby homes and <gasps> this all of is, that. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what was coming true because as I started writing, so I started writing that book. Um basically the reason why I started was I actually watched um you know that movie I Am Woman and it's I am woman, hear me roar. Da, 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 da. No. Anyway, there you go. You just <laughs> I was gonna let you keep going. There. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start doing my jazz hands. Yeah. I was a little drama kid. Can you tell? No, not at all. Yeah, I was. Um, <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, I was like jazz hands and stage school. Anyway, got I digress. Um what was I talking about? Sheila and a gig. Yeah. Right. So Sheila. Um, oh yeah, you said so you were I, watching I Am Woman. I Am Woman, right? Please continue your song. No. <laughs> What's her name? Anyway, I Am Woman, Helen Reddy, right? I watched that. Um, and it was so activating because this is about a woman who was a music a singer and she was really powerful and she came up against the music industry as a woman and, you know, not being put on the radio and she went through an abusive relationship and all that kind of stuff. But it was it was actually so activating. The words of that song is, I am woman, hear me roar. And then there's another part and it's, um, oh, yes, I am wise, but it's wisdom born from pain. And it was like I just received this initiation from the words of that song. Um, and then I went to the Hill of Tara. I just I, I'm very intuitive. So I, if I get a pull from the land, I'll just follow the pull. Mm-hmm. So I got a pull to the Hill of Tara, which there is a Sheila and a gig there. And did you know this before you? Yeah, okay. I did. And I'd always connected to Sheila in a gig from my midwifery because she is associated with birth. Mm-hmm. So some women like have a little necklace of Sheila when they're going in because she protects, you know, women through childbirth. So um, I was always connected to her. And But what happened was I sat down um, at the Sheila in a gig and I had my, my, I was sitting leaning against her. And this American woman came up and goes, are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, yeah, I'm grand. Uh, but I, I started to feel this power emanate from the rock that she was on mm. and like going into the, the back of my womb. And then I was like, whoa, and I was breathing and I could feel this power from her. Um, and I've experienced that twice more and it's been really uncomfortable. It's like a really strong power that actually frightened me at the time. Wow. Yeah. So then. And like a power as in like a, a rage or just like a. It was, it was power and it was rage. <coughs> yeah, it was power and rage and like, fuck, that's a lot to hold. Right. Wow. And I've experienced it actually with um with the medicine San Pedro as well, where I found myself on I was I was in a psychedelic experience, um, and I found myself on all fours, like you know, just moving and swirling my hips, but then this roar came from inside of me, and mm-hmm. you know the space holder was so incredible, but she was just like go for it, and I just roared, and there was like seven men in the room, big men. And they just witnessed it. Um, And I fucking roared and roared and roared and screamed. And I actually, it was the first time I had ever heard that sound come out of Mm. me. Uh, A lot of women get that initiation during childbirth. Yeah, and I heard you talking about that on your stories the other day. And I could totally relate to it because that's how I was trying to describe childbirth to my um, sister-in-law. Just gave birth two weeks ago Mm. to a lovely baby boy, but... I was trying to describe that to my family about how primal giving birth is. And I said the only way that I could describe it to them was like a cow mooing. Like it was so primal. It was like this deep growl. It was the only, yeah, it was like this deep moan from inside me that, and I was, I'd never heard it before. Um, Only through childbirth and it's crazy. like, Mm. And it's available. That's the thing. Mm. The power that we have, like I think a lot of women are like, you know, only get, really acquainted with their primal power when they are given birth but actually it's available for us all the time and this is what I'm really fucking like getting women in touch with is actually that that primal nature you know Mm. as a woman to to assert her boundaries her yes her no her what she wants you know um but um yeah so Sheila and a gig that that day initiated me and that book started flooding out of me 
And it was a, <laughs> it's been it, like, it's been an amazing experience, but I'm finally ready to give birth to it, you know, but we were speaking about rage. This is what I'm, I'm seeing waking up in all Irish women. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been such abuse like yeah and I was just gonna ask why do you think it is that we don't we can't access that primal you know that that rage or that or like speak up for ourselves like is it an ancestral thing or yeah it's it's trauma number one it's trauma because a lot of us are disconnected from our bodies disconnected from our pleasure Mm. disconnected from definitely disconnected from our vulva you know a lot of people can't even feel you know, their womb, their, their vulva, like it's actually numb. And that is a trauma response. You know, we carry so much from our ancestors. Um, you know, our, our mother, our grandmother on our maternal side and all the way back, you know, we carry their trauma. So, you know, I've had mushroom experiences where I've had to go through experiences in my body that didn't happen to me, Mm. but, but they lived inside of me. You know, ancestrally, ancestrally, That's yeah, crazy. it lives in us. Yeah. And the I think the worst thing that we can do is say, oh, that's not mine. You know, that that's so far long. That's 100 years ago or, you know. And it's funny because we accept that things can be genetically passed on like diseases and yeah. things like that, but not you know, energy or not anything like that mm. that's ancestrally passed along. Mm. And now there's some amazing research, you know, on epigenetics that there is trauma being passed mm-hmm. down and it's, we've got really good evidence and that is amazing. Um, But that my, my experience has been deeply healing that, like, you know, everything that happened to women in my family line, and this could be a hundred years ago, 200, 300 and freeing myself and in me freeing myself that actually frees them and it actually frees my daughter my daughter's daughter my daughter's daughter's daughter you know yeah and this is what we're being called to do because we need to be in our power now um and sacred rage is what is needed you Mm -hmm. know um i had an experience actually um my friend Dave, who you'll meet tomorrow, um, he held this beautiful ceremony last week and I went to it and I was like, I'm feeling good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I lay down, had the cup of cacao and I just got so fucking angry. He was drumming and I was like, I'm going to fuck, fucking throw that drum at him. I said this to him afterwards. So I, I was like, I was going to fucking bash your head off that drum. <laughs> and um it was really funny, actually, because it had nothing to do with him, but he was actually really triggering me. And uh, but it was the vibration of the drum and mm-hmm. it was coming from my womb. And I had this image of me like hovering over the earth, right, and screaming at the women in Ireland. And I was like, wake up. And then I was screaming at the men, wake up because we need the men to wake up. We need. Yeah. And there's some, you know, uh, there's some amazing men's work going on at the moment. Amazing. I am so lucky yeah, to be Yeah, and it's so, so good to see that that, yeah. that men are starting to wake mm. up and do the work. Oh, there's some... I am so lucky to be surrounded by mm. the most incredible men. Um, Like, Jesus, like, unreal. But I was screaming at all men. I was like, come on, we need you to wake up. We need you to wake up. It was it was really powerful. And then I came around. It was a three-hour ceremony. And, and Dave was like, you all right? You look a bit <laughs> feisty. And I was like... I feel like an animal. <laughs> he was like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, I feel like an animal. I went home and I got on all fours because the energy was so strong in my body. I was shaken. And it wasn't anger at anything, right? It mm. was just the energy of anger. Just and rage. It was like someone had just popped a bubble and, you know, and I got onto all fours and I started mooing. Right. It's so funny that you said that. Moo, yeah. I was like, oh. that's what I felt like when I was giving birth. It literally felt like a moo, like a moo. I felt like a cow. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only yeah. way I can describe it. Like, I mean, that was like the soundtrack to my days, you know, working in delivery wards, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but it was uh, it was really powerful. And I was on all fours for three hours, just moving it through my body. And and then then I got this message. Right. And it was like, you need to transform rage into power it needs to be transformed because I think we suppress our anger because we we don't want to hurt anybody or we don't want to be you know whatever but we're we hurt people when we suppress it because Mm -hmm. 
I think we came from a lineage of like bitter, passive aggressive women, you know, um, which were probably it was probably just displaced anger that they completely. had because they were suppressing this rage. 100%. That's the thing. And it couldn't, you know, I believe that every generation kind of has their work to do. Um, and, you know, they were like they were in survival mode. And and but I feel I just feel like rage is so sacred, It is so sacred. And rage is what like a lioness uses to protect her baby cub. You know, you wouldn't. It's, you know, we need that. You know, mm-hmm. definitely as women, as mothers. And when I speak about mother, I never speak about mother as in mother of a baby. It's actually, you know, generally we go through a rite of passage from maiden, which is the young girl, the innocent girl, the youthful uh, young woman. Right. But then we're initiated into the next rite of passage, which is mother. Right. And we're, me and you are in mother at the moment, right? Just with our age and where we are in our life. And I think, I think you're a lot younger than me. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's about a six year gap there. Is there? Five year, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know this whether new, that... This new accent keeps coming out of me. Jesus. <laughs> don't know whether it's Sheila. an ancestor. <laughs> Probably Sheila. I keep saying Jesus. <laughs> but either way, right, until you go through your menopause, that's when you go through another rite of passage. So between kind of, you know, so from usually, usually 20s to 40s, say you're in mother, right? But mother is like, mother is not like the fucking parcel ads you know mm. as being like click clack yeah. you know um, mother is like a warrior like mother goddess mother like when we look at our Celtic goddesses you know they were all mother goddesses there's a mother goddess Danu but she's fierce she's like mm. a tribal leader and that's what we need to step into we need to step into tribal leaders you know um, the matriarch um, because what has hurt the world is the patriarchy and it, it hasn't just hurt women, it's deeply hurt yeah. men, deeply. I'd say, no, I was going to say I'd say more so, but probably not. But um, I'd say yeah. both equally, to be honest, because if you think about, you know, men, you know, not being able to, yeah, just yeah. cry or be yeah. in touch with their emotions. Mm. and Yeah, so I probably would say equally, yeah. Mm. Um. I think it's such a sensitive thing when you start to say, oh, her men just as much as women or more than women. Um, that's why I didn't want to go there. But I mm. think, yeah, probably has. Yeah. You know, like nobody has. I don't think anybody has benefited, you know, but I feel like the matriarch is when you look at a lot of cultures, um, it's a matriarch that is leading, you know, because the mother energy leads for her community. Mm. You know, she she holds space for her community. She creates, she nourishes, she, you know, she is the creatrix, you know. So um, I feel like that's what's coming in. But, but yeah, bringing to mind that lioness kind of energy of this sacred rage needs to be embodied you know, um, because that's what stands up for people who are vulnerable, mm. you know, in the community. And, yeah. you know, imagine if we had like really healthy feminine leaders, you know, fighting on behalf of people who were less fortunate or vulnerable in society. That's what we need. Yeah. You know, mm. so and I like I've held a lot of, um, you know, circles where where that people have permission to be to express that rage and that is profound. Why do you think we're so afraid to express it? Because it hasn't been safe. It's never been a safe, you know, um, time to express mm. it. Like in history, you know, there. if, if you look at, at history and of how much has been, how women have been persecuted for speaking out mm-hmm. different to what the norm is yeah which is um 
you know, like across history, there's been there's been persecution for people speaking out, yeah. you know, um, I think that lives within us. Mm. Um, and like if you think of, you know, people even in Ireland, um, like I was only speaking to my friend uh, yesterday, we were speaking about Sinead O'Connor and she ripped up. I think she ripped up the Pope or I actually didn't see this, but she I think I she ripped up um, a picture of the Pope and then everybody just, you know, lost their, lost their shit. shit. Right. <laughs> um, and I was we were me and my my friend Jen were speaking about this and I was like, God, isn't it amazing that like a lot of the time when a woman speaks out, you know, different to what the norm is, she's labeled as mad. Yeah. You know, I actually posted something on my stories the other day. I'm nearly tempted to pick up my phone and find it. Um, but it was it was along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, yeah, across society as a whole for so many years, like even in work, mm. you know, like if you speak up or are in any way. um, I want to say assertive, you know. You're labeled as like, oh, she's a bitch. Mm-hmm. Whereas if mm-hmm. that was a man, that's normal. That's actually for a great him quality to be like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, which is mad. It, I think that's the biggest thing. And you know, we were all speaking before we uh, came on to this about you know when I I had that experience. Like, I'm going mad. I'm going mad. I'm going mad with the mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's a deep fear in women about madness because not long ago. You know, in in my in my family, I think every family will have somebody who was actually incarcerated into a, mm-hmm. a psychiatric unit asylum, like for them not really being mad. Yeah. You know, my family, you know, um, I found out through the writing of my book, actually, because a lot was coming through me about madness and being afraid to speak about these topics for fear of what people would say or think about me or mm-hmm. if I was going to trigger things or um, I'm just I've started embracing if I'm triggering you. Great. You know, yeah. that's, I'm actually embracing that now. But but that doesn't say that's you know it shouldn't the blame shouldn't be on you for triggering somebody yeah. that's like on yeah. some, on that person you know yeah you're kind of doing them a favor because it's bringing up something for them to actually work yeah. on yeah that's I keep reflecting that back to people yeah and that's true <laughs> yeah. though I hope that's, that's the how case I feel. Anyway, it? <laughs> that's how I feel <laughs> otherwise I'm just a, a dickhead <laughs> like yeah I'm triggering you great you go work yeah. on that <laughs> yeah go go reflect yeah <laughs> yeah but when I was writing because there was a lot coming up for me around around madness like if if you were to actually question me like why are you afraid to write that oh I don't want to be seen as mad or I don't want to be or you actually don't want to I don't want to go mad that's probably why a lot of people can't get in touch with that anger for me to get in touch with all that anger I thought I would go mad feeling it you know yeah Um, that's interesting we feel like that we need to rein it in because we'll have a loss of control Exactly. And that you won't be able to stop if, exactly. you know, if you let it go. Yeah. Can and totally relate to that. In um in my family, yeah. So when I was writing this, I was like, what is this? And I kept really going it. And I do a lot of work with ancestral healing. So there was this this ancestral thing coming up around madness. Um and it, it I found out that my mom's aunt, who um her name was Bridget and she actually was put in St. Vincent's in Fairview from the time she was like, I might get this right, around 20 anyway, because she stood up in church and started to speak um, to the to the parish. Right. And I was like, mom, like, that's me, you know, and people have said to me, oh, you're like Bridget. Right. You're mad thing. Yeah. You're mad thing. <laughs> right. But but there's no difference if I was born in like 50 or 60 yeah. years ago or 70 years ago I w- like without a doubt would be mm-hmm. in in a psychiatric ward yeah. you know so she was there until she died there and she was medicated heavily and she just rocked so forward and back she was probably given electric shock therapy and stuff like yeah. that as well yeah and and probably a lot of abuse as yeah. well you know so like that lives within me because that's my maternal side you know so that that lived within me and I had an, a close I suppose, relationship with Bridget, then I would go to her grave and I'd be like, I don't think you are mad. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know? That's deadly though. Yeah. And I mention her in, in the book because mm. it's not just about 
Bridget. It's about all of the Irish Bridgets that yeah. were locked up for speaking, you know, for just speaking. Um, and it, it just, I feel like it. this is just like, it needs to be spoken about, yeah. you know. And definitely when all that mother and baby stuff, like 9,000 babies were found. It's sickening. Like, Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just that, like, and people feel rage when they, yeah. when they hear that, you know. Yeah. So and that needs to be felt because... Yeah. I had this experience where, you know, in that ceremony when I was on all fours, when I was screaming, where the the space holder brought me outside and I was on the earth, right? And all I could feel was me, was me giving birth to babies. Okay. Just over and over again, just birthing these babies. And, and I remember like, it was as if the whole field was filled with babies, with dead babies. Um, and I know this is probably not easy to listen to as well. I'm really aware of that. And when I said, how do I let this go? Like that lives in me. How can I let it go? All I got was these need to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And in the acknowledgement, that is all they needed to be set free. Yeah. And to set Irish wombs free from holding that. It just needs to be fucking acknowledged, Mm. you know, that it isn't something in the past, that it lives within us and that that might be sometimes why we feel disconnected from our bodies or why we are afraid to get pregnant or whatever. Mm. But sometimes we just need to actually acknowledge that 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 pain lives within us and that rage, you know, Um, and I've, you know, I've held many, many, many women to just scream mm-hmm. that, you know, um, and it's so primal. It's not like we're consciously doing it. It's actually just we're being screamed by our bodies. Yeah. You know, no, it's amazing. I'm actually, do you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to find that quote because I just want to read it out. Grief. It was Glennon Doyle that posted it, you know, mm. do you know her? Yeah. Untamed. Untamed. Mm. Yeah. Her book. Um, She posted it. Now, I don't think the quote was by her. The older I get, the more I see how women are described as having gone mad when they've actually become knowledgeable Mm. and powerful and fucking furious. Oh, my God, that has been Sophie Haywood. That's who the quote was by. But I just loved that. It was actually mad that it was this week that I post reposted that to my stories. That's exactly what we're speaking about. Mm. That's exactly it. That And and like, you know, Sinead O'Connor who had been branded as mad. mad. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, she's someone in Irish society that people were like, she's a fucking nut job. Like, yeah, yeah, because she ripped up the Pope. But even before lay-lay. that, you know, even, oh, yeah. she shaved her head. She's a nut yeah. job. Like, yeah, it was she, since then. She is well ahead of the game because I actually seen a picture of her yesterday and it's like a really old picture and she's doing this symbol, which is the mm-hmm. Yoni Mudra, which is a symbol of feminine power mm-hmm. on her womb. And I was like, she was so clued in and tapped in and, you know, and yeah. even I listened to a, a thing that she, a, a song that she released, right? And it was called Famine. Someone sent it to me because they were like, feel like you'd love this. And it was, um, let's talk about the famine and the fact that it didn't happen. And and basically goes into the history of like, we didn't have a fucking famine. Like we did have food, but, you know, it was taken and sent yeah. across, you know. Yeah. And but she was just like so speaking into this. And, and you know, it just, this is what happens in society. But not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> I think the difference is, I think this is where we need to be careful, is no one listens to an angry woman. Right. Okay. It needs to be channeled. Even myself, right? If if you're, you know, if you're just like, yeah, you know, and say you went onto the RT news, right, and started screaming, like no one's gonna listen because people are gonna be like, whoa, because that's Mm. that energy is not being channeled. No, properly. It's yeah. It's just it's overflowing and it's bursting out, isn't it? It's just like that's when it becomes. I don't know. Scattered and sprayed. Yeah. And, and then it's like, it's not, I think the trick is to, as I said, transform that sacred rage into power. Mm. And because I, I can feel, I feel, I, I'm kind of 
I feel like a steady level of rage. <laughs> and I feel like... Drink more cacao. <laughs> yeah, maybe it won't be so steady this weekend, holding all yous. <laughs> um, but it feels like, you know, it's it just really important that that is remembered that, you know, now I listen to an angry woman, no problem. But yeah. as in to create change in society, mm. we need to transform, we need to hold that rage and it needs to be, you know, felt and transformed into power and mm. held as power in the body you yeah. know so that we can say no that's not okay absolutely mm-hmm. not you cannot examine me when I don't want to be examined or yeah. or whatever it is whatever the situation is but yeah but even I think like I know what we're saying about like the scatteredness if you do go on like a rant or a rage or mm. stuff like that but even so I still feel like women are branded more as crazy and more as like this mad bitch going off on one when whereas if a man did that would be kind of okay that's true you know like and and should we not just be like yeah fuck it let's just get angry (laughs) yeah well that is that is so true and women like we are chaotic you know Mm. and that's actually one of our amazing things like when you look at like a woman birthing you know, it's absolute chaos, but in the most primal, beautiful way. Um, yeah. And actually, that's what, like, when you look at, say, Kali, the Hindu goddess, right? She is the goddess of destruction. And she rips that's people's really heads off. That's really interesting. Sorry, I'm, because of my Rahani, my friend is like, do you know this name, Kali? There's someone coming in called Kali, and I don't know who it is. Mm. And she didn't know who it was. So there you go. Oh, my God. This is exciting. Sorry. Going off on an absolute, going off on one now. Going off on one. <laughs> um, Kali is the Hindu goddess of destruction. She's always seen with her tongue out like. Ah. I think and I've seen images of her. Yeah, she has like a necklace. It's probably on one of your stories. <laughs> it was probably, yeah. She has a necklace of skulls. And I really, really, really feel that Kali and uh, the Celtic goddess, the Kyliok, right, mm-hmm. are the same. Because the Kyliok is... She's like the creator. Um, she created the land. That's what they say. You know, she created the land, but she's also the witch and the hag. Um, Is this like the same as the banshee? Yeah, they're all the same. Right. Yeah, they all are from the same. Yeah, they're all the same energy. Yeah, mm. of dark feminine and destruction. Right. Because even I was sorry to interrupt you, but when I was looking at your live the other day and, you know, growing up, we were all told about the banshee and I was laughing when you were saying, or I think, I don't know who Jen was saying that, you know, she was always told not to pick a comb up off the street and stuff like that. And my mom would have said that because yeah. her her mother would have like, you know, believed in that kind of thing. And yeah, it's just funny, like, you know, and yeah. I always thought that it was a real dark, scary energy, like, mm. you know, that you'd see her on Halloween or like people be like, oh, yeah, I heard her screaming. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, I love the banshee. But like, I don't know about you, but like, where did those combs come from? There was no. always combs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were like old men's uh, comb. I don't know. My my memory of my childhood is there always been combs on the on the ground and there always been bees. There was more bees back then. Yeah, but that's probably true. Sad truth. Yeah, I used to. Yeah, I'm not even going to tell you what I used to do. <laughs> did you kill the bees? I didn't kill them, <laughs> Sarah. but I did. I did used to catch them in a jar, a jam jar. <laughs> I didn't keep them. I let them out. I think it was just like, I don't. Me and my friend used to do it, and she ended up being a vet, and I ended up becoming a midwife. So I feel like we we paid back our <laughs> shitty <Yeah>. karma. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Kali is the goddess of destruction, and she it, like it's her energy. I really feel that like that that needs to come in. You know, and and yeah, it is chaotic. Women are chaotic, mm. you know, even like it's just. Yeah, I think where we went wrong is society valued the maiden energy as in the size zero. Yeah, because the maiden the is young, pretty, good small, girl. Good girl. Be- yeah, really pretty, really innocent, mm. really thin, really small and petite. And the mother goddess, you know, when it like throughout loads of different cultures is always like voluptuous and big. Right. Yeah. And you I see it even in Renaissance paintings. Yeah. You know, like. And definitely in, you know, in Ghana, they 
you know, they were all like, oh, you a big fat lady. <laughs> you know, and I was like, thanks. Um, Excuse me. Yeah, but it was really valued over there. Really, so really valued. Yeah. So they were saying, oh, that's a good thing. That's like a compliment. So, um, yeah. So basically, I really feel that society. <laughs> basically, I really fit in over there. <laughs> but I think. That's the, terrible to say that we're laughing at it. Like, but I'm like, I'm moving to Ghana. But like, it should be so accepted, like no matter yeah. what, you know. And like the beauty myth, right? I haven't read the book, but there is a book called The Beauty Myth. But it's like, it's making something so unattainable. Like a woman, a woman, when she goes through that rite of passage into that mother archetype, that mother energy, her body is changed. Her Everything is changed. She's meant to be in her bigness, you mm. know, and um, not really about body shape, but like we're also really afraid of being big. Yeah, like we, we are. We want to be as small as possible. Yeah, and it's funny because I like I train and really... I train probably to be as small as I can be. Yeah. But my trainer said to me the other day, she was like, Neve, will you stop focusing on the aesthetic and just focus on this is your self-care. Like, how do you feel when you train? You're training mm. for your health. You're mm. training because it makes you feel good mentally. Not the aesthetic. Yeah. That should be the last thing, really. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. And if you make... But some- like, admittedly, I do. I train so yeah. I can be smaller. Yeah, there yeah. are other... I want to be strong. I want to be a strong woman. I like, you know, I want to be healthy and fit, but priorities probably small. Yeah. Just think, right. So a lot of the the beauty industry wants to make women, women's bodies smaller and men's bodies bigger. Mm. Even think about that. Yeah. So this is the thing. It's about actually taking up space. It's so interesting. Yeah. Just like feel into that. Yeah. This is the this is the maiden archetype that we need to move from because the maiden is so innocent and not in her power. Um and the maiden can be very manipulated and very um yeah. But we've been living in a society that really values the maiden. Mm. And we need to move into the fierce mama. Do you think that we will get there? Because Fuck it's yeah. so <laughs> without a doubt I can see because it it's, I can see it too but because it's it's so ingrained in our culture and I was watching a funny video the other day I think it's from some Irish archives thing um, and it was talking about um, it was one of the slimming clubs and it was interviewing women Irish women and it had just come to Ireland and they were all like, oh, I feel great. I've lost two stone. And uh, and she's like, oh, look at you. You look very slim. Let's interview you. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, is this actually real life? <laughs> I know. It, that was probably like, reeling in the weird, was it? Reeling in the weird. That's oh. what it was. Um, but because actually, no, I think it was one of the intuitive eating. I think it was intuitive eating oh. Ireland. Um, but yeah, it's just it's mad. And when you think about it like that, that, you know, it's taken up space that freaks mm. me out yeah because like everything that is focused on men is about bigger bigger mm. bigger bigger muscles protein shakes bigger 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 ego <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna stop now. <laughs> you know, okay <laughs> but it but it is true and that is huge and like you know the the beauty industry is so manipulated like manipulative and um you know, I remember hearing someone speak about it and they said, um, I think it was Freud was involved in the beauty industry where they, I think they went to him and asked him like, how can we make people buy things they don't need? Mm. And they said, make them feel bad about who they are already and they'll want to make something better. I think that was, yeah. that was the situation. I, don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was something around that, like make something really unattainable and people will always feel less than. That's interesting. I must look that up. I'm studying psychology now at the moment as well. Mm. So interesting because I'm not scientific like at all. So even to just learn the science part of it is really interesting. But all of me like talk about rage, like I'm like Mm. raging on my Zoom calls (laughs) when they're like science. And I'm like, oh, God, you're like, nah. (laughs) I know. But as we talked about earlier, like science has a place and we need to bridge it and we need to Mm -hmm. marry it Mm -hmm. with the holistic world. So Mm -hmm. that's why I'm studying it because I want to gain a better understanding 
Yeah. You know, well, someone said to me um, this week because I was in UCD, someone said to me, you can't change the system unless you're in the system. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really beautiful because, you know, it's all well and good. Say my background in midwifery and then leaving midwifery and then, you know, becoming a full time hippie. You know, it's great being a full time hippie, but you actually are you can't make a change unless you you do bridge that. You know, and that's funny because I wonder, is that why I'm being dragged back into corporate? Because I wonder (laughs) because I'm feeling as I get dragged back in, I'm feeling like and when I started out on my holistic journey, my goal was to bring meditation, stress management, all of that to the corporate world. Now, I know there's a lot more of that now, but I still feel like we're miles behind, like Mm -hmm. miles behind. Mm Um, like I think the best thing I've seen since I joined is like a little disclaimer on the end of my email being like, you have the right to switch off. Please don't email people between, you know, mm-hmm. 5 p.m. and 8 a.m. Um, but I think we still have so much work to do in that mm-hmm. space in the corporate world mm-hmm. in getting people to just switch off and realize that it's just a fucking job. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, there's so many people that are, you know, that I see that are kind of in trapped in that trapped in a system where they feel like they can't leave because sorry but please don't fire me (laughs) (laughs) she's a great employee (laughs) I need money if you need any corporate wellness stuff let me know (laughs) joke (laughs) I actually used to do that I used to but actually um I just couldn't. I just couldn't oh, no, it's anymore. Hard. It's hard. It's hard to... Do you know what? They kept saying to me, come on in and we'll do healing and Prosecco. I was like, why do you keep fucking adding Prosecco to everything? <laughs> to make people go. <laughs> people were coming in, drinking a load of Prosecco and then like try, lying down for a heal. And I was like, get Falling me asleep. out of here. Yeah. I know. No, it's hard. It's hard to break in there. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm being sent to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it and is. It's really, it's really hard to break it. Like, it's just, I think, I don't know. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but people, there are certain people that are just made for the corporate box and people yeah, who aren't. That's the thing. And it's, how beautiful is that? Yeah, we're all, we need, we're all needed in society. Like, yeah, like this is the thing. I've had people come to me and they're like, you know, stuck in, in a system and they feel trapped and they can't get out. And, you know, it's always to do with money. Right. And the funny thing is, right, the funny (laughs) thing is you might be making big money. Right. But a lot of the time you're spending it on healings and your wellness. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. Like you need all these things that actually put you back together. Right. Mm. The thing about it is when you're in alignment with your soul. You spend very little money because you're in alignment. Yeah. You know, and. And then and then the ripple effect is that when you're in alignment, you actually create so much more abundance. Yeah. You know, that, you know, there's one woman coming to mind and I was like, well, what are you passionate about? She's like, I love candles. And then she ended up creating a candle company. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like we need people that are just like, well, I love Himalayan rock salt and I love flip flops. Yeah. I'm going to create these beautiful flip flops or whatever it fucking is. Mm. There is a thing in your life that lights you up. Yeah. And when you can find that and if you haven't found that, great. That's an adventure of a lifetime to go and find that. Mm-hmm. But you need to take full responsibility to go and find that because everybody has it. You know, the goddess didn't just create everybody and then be like, oh no, Mary from Donamede, absolutely not. She you know, she's not going to get a gift. She has to just do a <laughs> nine to five in, her bo- in her box in <laughs> yeah. corporate. And yeah. that's that. Like Now, corporate <laughs> might be your fucking spark. Yeah, absolutely. And some people excel there and that's yeah. where they're like, that's where their purpose is. Yeah. It's you like know? that Disney movie Soul. Did you watch Soul? Oh my God. Amazing. And he's I playing the piano. twice at that movie. Yeah. So everyone needs to go Love and it. find their spark. I think that's where I actually changed my mind on Disney because that was... The best Disney movie I've seen of all time. That was amazing. It was brilliant. Yeah, it is. Everyone needs to find their spark. And and you know what? It's a it's a harsh wake up call when you're like, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Then you need to go and find it, you know. Yeah. And I remember I remember doing low like I was doing a lot of shamanic work and it was all deep and it was all about trauma. And it was like, dig, dig, dig. 
you know, the whole kind of plant medicine world that I was in. And um, and then I just was like, where the fuck is the joy? Mm -hmm. And I remember saying it to a, a teacher of mine and I was like, where's the joy? And she was like, you have to come find that. And and then long, long story short, booked a ticket to Ghana, went to Ghana, found my fucking joy, danced Ooh. my socks off, sang, you know, and just found my my spark, found my spark yeah. in in dancing, singing. There's my jazz hands again. Yeah. <laughs> here's here's a tip, right? If you don't know your joy or your spark, go back to the weirdo child you used to be. Mm. And there she is or there he is. And that's the thing. That's the thing. I was like a spice kid. Do you know, like spice yeah. girls? No, I was a spice kid as well. Only for the summer. Which spice girl were you? Guess. I think I feel like people could easily guess this. Posh? Yeah. <laughs> Guess which one I am. It's very easy. Baby spice. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was a spice girl for the summer because we had a summer home. For the summer? Yeah. For the summer. We had Why a summer home life? and all of my cousins, we used to make up um, spice girl dances and then show oh. them to our parents. <laughs> I used to charge people. We used to be like, come on, everyone sit down for the show. And when I think about it, I was like, oh my God, the parents must be like mm. hating watching this. But they used to love it. They used to just yeah. have bottles of wine and they'd be like, go on. <laughs> I did the exact same. Yeah, we uh, we used to charge people to sit in our garden. And Stop. That's what oh, yeah. I was missing now. Why didn't I yeah. charge them? <laughs> you need to be an entrepreneur, you know, a young yeah. spirit. I used to charge people, but I did give them popcorn. Oh, okay. Yeah, and my dad had this <laughs> big truck. And you know, the back of a truck that kind of has a pallet thing. We yeah. used to put that up and use it as a stage. Oh my God. Yeah, Lord. we were really advanced and done Yeah, you really were. <laughs> no, we weren't. We were just danced at the sliding door. Like, oh God, no. No, no. We had a production team and everything. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's your Billy Barry now. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh God. It's so hilarious. Yeah. We're laughing now, but I still want to talk about grief. <laughs> okay, let's talk Get about that. <laughs> let's just, can we just use the dial, dial the tone down? Dial it down, dial it down. I'm still smiling. <laughs> I know. Um, but I think I wanted to talk to you again because I had seen so much about grief on your page recently. Are you still laughing? No. <laughs> um, I'd seen so much about grief on your page recently. And because I was like going through my own grieving process mm. at the moment um, from a breakup, I was like, I'm so interested. I don't know. I was drawn mm -hmm. to it mm -hmm. in some way. So Talk to me about the grief work mm. that you're doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, Stop smiling, Sarah. Do you know what? <laughs> grief is one of the most beautiful. Um, I'm smiling. Actually, it's like grief is is such a heart opening experience. Shattering. Yeah. But opening. Um, I'd love to hear from from you about the grief like because the thing about it is people think grief is just when someone dies mm -hmm. but actually there's so many things that yeah. we grieve over you know we grieve we can grieve a, a job like mm. I I am grieving over Ghana you know yeah. over the you know kids you know um or the land or a lot of people grieve a life that they thought that they would have that's the biggest one mm. you know um Especially people that I see come to me that, you know, had had an idea of something. Maybe it was the partner or maybe it was the kids or whatever. Um, and that needs to be grieved, yeah. you know. So I want to I want I want to hear from you about about your grief experience. Yeah. I know it's your well, podcast, but I just to get a feel of the grief. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say heart opening. And mm. that was one thing that I said to you Um like I've been drinking cacao for what the summer now since mm. you first introduced it to me but it, I've been using it as a heart opener medicine because this is not my first time grieving a big relationship uh -huh. because I went through a divorce as well yeah what yeah oh my god I didn't know that yeah so I'm oh god what what are we what age is Noah now five years separated from his dad he's seven now so we broke up when he was two and um, we were married 
Um, I did not know this. Yeah. Wow. And I don't know if I ever really allowed myself to grieve that relationship. Mm-hmm. I felt grief. I felt um, sad. I felt like I was like on the floor and I had to pick myself back up. Mm-hmm. But I didn't grieve. Mm-hmm. I just threw myself into my work. Mm-hmm. I threw myself into being a single mom and looking after Noah. And I completely blocked it. My heart just like slammed shut mm-hmm. and I just moved on. Mm. I didn't grieve at all. Mm-hmm. So this time around, <clears throat> I've used cacao and I've opened my heart and I'm really like, I'm really allowing myself to grieve because I'm making sure that I do that process now because mm. I think part of the last time, me not grieving, actually did close my heart off and make me the avoidant person that I am now. I'm avoidant attachment style. I know we all like change between our attachment styles and um, I'm a complete avoidant. Like, you know, so like someone will go to give me a hug and I'll be like, oh, mm. I'll, I'll, I'll give them the hug, but I'll be like, oh, that feels weird. Mm. Um, I don't think I gave you a choice. <laughs> no, I don't think you did. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had too many things in my hands today, so we haven't oh, looked yeah. yet. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, don't you worry, I'm coming over that table. <laughs> no, once I get to know someone, I'm fine. But like, yeah, it's just, it's been a mad experience for me this time. It's been, like I said to you, it's been like, it's almost been like the long goodbye, but I mean that in like a grief sense as well, because mm. it's been so overwhelming for me. And I've felt grief through death as well I lost a really close friend of mine to a motorbike accident and that was immense grief Mm. but I don't know it's it's different because this time I'm I'm that was kind of I almost think grief of of the death of somebody is sort of like a closed thing you can kind of move on from it a little bit and I don't mean that with any disrespect to anybody because I know things like losing children and stuff like that Mm. just shouldn't happen Mm. um but I feel like it's kind of you've got almost closure because you know that that's not coming back again yeah whereas with a relationship I think it's very different because you're grieving something that you're grieving potential you're grieving a future a future you're grieving the life that you could have had together Mm -hmm. and that person's just still out there living their life Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and you're living yours and you're just you just do it separately now which blows my mind yeah so that's my experience with grief so far. Beautiful. <laughs> and it's up and down. Like, you know, some yeah. days I'm I'm like, I'm grand. And then some days I'm like, I can't get out of bed. And that's pure grief, isn't mm. it? There's no straight road. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing. And so interesting with like the grief of a breakup because you become strangers very quickly. That's what scares me. It's so, that's it's so strange. That's really scary. And I think that's, what's been the most difficult for me because I'm like I'm almost like I want to keep the line of communication open but that's not fair on anybody really Mm -hmm. Mm because it doesn't allow like I don't know how you feel about this but I don't feel like you can really grieve until you've let go yeah yeah I agree so you know how do you like you have to let go of that person first Mm -hmm. and that part is so hard Mm -hmm. because you just become strangers with this person that you've shared the most intimate part of your life with. Yeah. You know, it's incredible. Um, grief is like one of the, I got introduced to it very young. Um, like definitely in my midwifery career. I remember one of my first weeks as a midwife, I was 19, I was pregnant myself. And I, I think I could have told you this before that I delivered, um, or I supported in a woman. Yeah. Twins. One was alive and one had passed. And I think that was a really powerful moment that stayed with me forever. I remember their names. I remember everything about that moment because it was an introduction to birth and death at the exact same time and the complicated nature of grief um, and life, you know. Mm. And this is, again, about the chaotic nature because grief is so chaotic there is yeah. no linear you know I think we love everything that is like linear and like 10 steps to mm-hmm. like grief you know and that's how I kind of dealt with my last breakup or my separation in that I was like okay it's done now let's move on yeah you know and I didn't deal with it whereas now 
I'm forcing myself to because I know yeah. that didn't help me. Yeah. And, you, and know. you know, grief and rage are so interconnected mm. as well. Um, so for me, like I um in Ireland, in ancient Ireland, we had keeners. We had the ban quincha and that yeah. meant the crying woman. And they were always the midwives. So they, they were midwives and keeners. And this is the work I'm really stepping into, you know, because I, I feel like it's needed in society. Um, We just need to go back to the way we used to do things. The way we used to live. Yeah. 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 So the keener, like she was a portal of... um. She opened portals using her voice. So she would lament like so she would sing like a type of kind of shanos, like old, deeply mm. healing song. Um, and she would she would be at the Irish wakes and she would grieve and shriek. And this is bringing in the banshee mm. again because she would basically shriek. And it was it was really to honor the dead and open up a portal for that soul to pass on. Right. Uh, so she was really in that liminal space between human and spirit and and she played in that. And then she would she would support souls coming in then, you know, through her midwifery. So um, the ban queen, she was such a massive, the keener was a massive part of Irish society. And then it was lost because then, you know, Christianity came and was yeah. like, absolutely not. Um, and then it died. But the ban queen is coming. She's rising up and. This Keenan work is coming through strong for me to hold women in. And I've had the absolute privilege to hold women in these Keenan circles. And um, they're just they're just life changing, you know, to unlock the grief and to be given permission. That's what when I actually ask people, like, what is it that allows you to go to those deep places? Because a lot of people will, you know, in a in a ceremony like I held one on the beach and it was just like in a hidden beach in Hoth um, where I had seven women and four of them went into a really deep process and then we were all able to hold so there were seven so there was one person where we were able to actually hold the other while she grieved and these women were grieving and shrieking Mm. and crying and and rage and all is so beautiful. Like yeah. what a fucking privilege, do you know? And when I asked what what allowed you to go to those places, because it wasn't just grief of of their life. It mm-hmm. was ancestral. You know, I've had Keenan experiences where I've been Keenan over like losing babies and babies being taken away and like loads of different things that were not my lived experience, mm-hmm. but live within me. Um, And they all said, permission you gave us permission and I think that's what I want to give women permission a space where they can come and it will be non-judgmental and they can they'll be held yeah they'll be fucking deeply held and whether that is to keen over a baby that they never had or a breakup that they had or whatever it's actually to allow that to be moved through the body and witnessed Mm. that's the thing Birth and death and grief, they just need to be witnessed. Like we were saying earlier on about those babies needing to be acknowledged. You know, I really feel that when a woman, a lot of, a lot of. um, (laughs) Not Sarah's phone ringing. That's not at all. A lot of um, the trauma is that our grief is done in silence. Yeah. And actually the completion of that trauma happens when you allow it to move through your body, but when another one sees it and witnesses it. And I really feel that's what the midwife is. You know, Mm. she's a witness to this transformational experience that you're having, whether you're birthing a baby and going through that rite of passage or whether you're keening and and grieving. But she is a witness to that. Mm -hmm. And she's holding your hand going, I know how fucking shit that is. Yeah. And I, I cannot help you and I cannot take it away from you. But I fucking get it. I really get it. And it makes so much sense because why should we... Grief is such a big emotion. Like yeah. like childbirth. Why should we have to feel those emotions alone? Like, and grief is is an alone feeling as it is because it's the loss of something so for you to do that alone it's a really fucking difficult thing to do um which I felt in the last like while because obviously I'm I'm 
allowing myself to feel it too, mm. which is something that I didn't do before. Um, and it's so difficult. It is so difficult. I've never had to force myself to feel an emotion so much. Yeah. Like grief. Watch the beaches by Bet or with Bet Midler in it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to come to a Keenan session now as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just, you know what? It's just powerful. I've been held by seven women in the ocean before Keenan. And it, like, it, it was a rite of passage for me. And mm. I, I just, they held me and I just, like, it's not, it's not forced. It's, it's such an intelligence of the body. When the body and the subconscious knows that there's a safe space for this to be expressed, mm -hmm. it starts bringing it to the surface. So yeah. you're experiencing already things that are ready to come up tomorrow because yeah. we're, we're, you know, in a sacred space for the weekend. Mm -hmm. A lot of people contact me this week are saying, oh my God, I'm feeling really depressed or I'm feeling really this and that. And I'm like, cool, bring it, bring it yeah. all because you've got full permission. Yeah. And the thing is, a lot of like I always say, I can only bring you to the depths I've gone myself and that I've gone there. Mm. <laughs> I have gone there. And yeah. a lot of people go very deep in ceremony with me because I've gone there. And mm -hmm. um, I think if you haven't gone there yourself, you're never going to be able to bring people there. And I think that's the experience that you bring, say, as a practitioner or anybody in their fields like we were talking about corporate and roles and you know jobs and I think your purpose is that thing it's almost like something that you've been through or mm. something that you've done and you've experienced and it's your lived experience that you're bringing to other people oh to my help god them, you know absolutely absolutely yeah and you know what like our pain like that song that I was saying oh yes I am wise but it's wisdom born from pain like our trauma becomes wisdom mm -hmm. and how precious is that because then we get to be a wisdom keeper for someone who's coming behind us that is about to go through something and we get to hold that space for them as well yeah um I think we're never going to feel whole if we don't allow ourselves to feel grief because my experience like with with Seth, you know, we were engaged over in Ghana and coming back, it was such an interesting grief because we broke up because of visas, you know, yeah. and then uh, so like it was a really weird one because it was um, now actually it wasn't right. Like when I think about yeah. it now, there was there was a lot of things that weren't like right. Yeah. But it was um. I allowed myself like you are too. Like mm. I went for it. I just went mm. into it and I allowed myself to be held by people. Yeah. I really, really was held by a lot of people. Um, and I think I have never felt as whole as I do now. Um, I have never felt my, more myself, um, like my true best self. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing right now. Mm. And I know that if I don't, I, I was like to myself, right, if you don't feel this grief now and if you don't, if you don't do this for yourself, you owe it to yourself to open your heart and to feel it and to do all of this because it, I know that it will make me whole. Yeah. You know, and actually it's probably a gift mm -hmm. that, you know, because sometimes, you know, this grief will give you access to the old grief mm -hmm. as well of the divorce. Yeah. And then that gets to come to resolution as well. Yeah. Um, and I think as long as we're running, running, running and the toxic pos positivity, yeah. you know, we're never going to feel whole. You mm -hmm. know, I was toxic, you know, toxically, whatever that word is, positive for years. Mm. And then I really like I think doing women's work, you just we're so cyclical that we you, you can't be positive all the time. No. That is like half of our cycle. Yeah. We're like summer yeah. and then half <laughs> we're just like let's talk about death yeah. <laughs> like literally yeah and that's what they're called as well as seasons you know yeah the cycle. yeah I'm yeah. in my winter at the moment so I'm like grief and rage <laughs> <laughs> even my t the tone of my voice is lower <laughs> yeah it's funny isn't it like I think I'm summer no I'm autumn autumn autumnal <laughs> yeah so I, I'm Cozy excited warm. I'm excited to see your your journey and who me too you become more <laughs> of yourself yeah when you allow yourself to feel mm. all these feelings completely and that's the goal for yeah. me yeah 
Yeah, that's it. Bring on the ban, ban queen chat, the keening woman and the banshee. All them. The shrieking <laughs> lady. Now, God help me now tomorrow with all of you. God love you. <laughs> oh, there's only one of me and there's like how many others? There's, I think there's 18 coming. 18 crying There's four people. men and the men are going to be holding all the women. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're real like, it's so funny, the men that are coming, um, they're, uh, yeah, they're such a great I can feel it from them already. Like I know, um, I know one of them uh, and it's just, it's so beautiful to have these men come and like. Yeah, I think that in itself is showing us that things are changing. Yeah. Like you know, even like to, to have men come to a circle full of women is like, I know it's not yeah. specifically women's circle, but. Yeah. You know, and to even, come to a cacao ceremony like is just amazing. Oh, it's unbelievable. And like even the men, like my friend Paddy, Dave, you know, all them, um, Dave Farrell, Paddy Douglas, you know, Dave, who you'll meet tomorrow. He's from Ballymun. They're from Ballymun. And they're mm. holding such an incredible space for yeah. people that may have shunned spirituality. Mm. Like that's the thing. Like we are all going to resonate with different teachers, you know, so Gone are the days of the, you know, only hippies doing yeah. spiritual stuff. Do you know what I mean? We need, it needs to be open to. To everyone. To everybody. And like, my dad needs to be able to like resonate with someone and. Yeah. Yeah. I love seeing your dad on your live yesterday. <laughs> Little fecker. There's Sheila coming so out of me again. Funny. Jesus. So <laughs> I think we will wrap up. Yeah, because we, we could be we could chatting for, for ages. Yeah. yeah. And we still have a whole weekend to go. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have no voice. So, Sarah, thanks so much again for coming on again. Um, when's your book launch? So, keep it in your diary. I will. <laughs> You're invited Putting to the book in launch. Putting in my diary. <laughs> um, yeah, so it will be available for pre-order, I think, on the 1st of December. Um, but... Yeah, you, if you follow me on Instagram, sarahrichardson.ie, that's where everything will be kind of announced. Um, so you'll be able to pre-order it. There'll be a big event for people who pre-order. Exciting. We're going to have a big party. Totally. And uh, Will there be jazz hands? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'm going to get my friend DJ. Maybe I'll DJ. Maybe you'll DJ. <laughs> Spice yep. Girls. I'd be charging you for popcorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's oh. kind of December. Brilliant. December, January. Looking forward to it. Thank you for having Thanks me. Thanks so much, Sarah. Bye. Thanks for joining me on episode 17. I hope you enjoyed that beautiful and powerful episode. If you did, don't forget to share it on social media, tagging at Dying for Life Podcast and Sarah at SarahRichardson.ie. And for some extra love, don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to reach out to me or to find out more about what Sarah does, I have left her details in the show notes. And if you haven't listened to Sarah's last episode with me, go and listen to episode 14 now. Hold up. 